HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast brought to you by Tacticam. This podcast aims to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters, brushing up on essential skills, or maybe just adding a few new tactics to the toolkit. We cover a variety of topics that will help you be more confident and successful in the field while hunting deer. In this episode of the How to Hunt Deer podcast, I'm talking with Rudy Nunez and Rob Nally of Tacticam about using cellular trail cameras to scout for deer. The guys share some of their favorite camera setups, tips and tactics for setting your cameras to help you get the photos you want and need to make a plan for the fall, and cover some of the most common mistakes that hamper a camera's performance. They also discuss a few other great tools from Tacticam that can help you share your hunts with friends and family. As we get started, I want to say a big thanks to you all, the listeners, for tuning in each and every week. If you've got questions, topics, or guests that you'd like to have on the show, hit me up, let me know. You can reach me on Instagram at the Wisconsin Sportsman. Big thanks also to our partners. First of all, Tacticam, the title sponsor for this show. These guys are absolutely killing it when it comes to their cameras and camera accessories. Uh, it's time to get the trail cameras back out so we can watch the antler development over the next couple of months. And the Reveal X Gen 2 and the Reveal XB are perfect for this. We talk a bit about both of these cameras in the episode. Head over to their website and check them out, www.tacticam.com or www.revealcellcam.com. While you're there, take a look at their 5.0 and 5.0 wide cameras. They are fantastic as well. I've used them on some recent turkey hunts this past spring. They give you 4K footage and they're super simple to use. They've even got a mount for your bow that fits right where your stabilizer would be. Uh, They've also got a FTS system, which allows you to film straight through your rifle scope. So go check them out, www.tacticam.com. Next up, Huntworth. These guys are producing some great hunting clothes at an exceptional price point. Their patterns are awesome. I'm going to be rocking the Tarnan pattern for early season. I've actually been wearing their Durham lightweight pants for summer chores, and these pants have kept me cool. They dry fast, and uh, they're really, really durable. You can find more from them at www.huntworthgear.com. And last but not least, I have a new partner to introduce to you, Deer Lab. Deer Lab is the number one trail camera management software for hunters and land managers. If you want to learn more about Deer Lab and all their great features, go listen to the episode I did a few weeks ago with John Livingston, the co-founder of Deer Lab. I'll be sharing more on this in the coming weeks, but for now, you can give Deer Lab a try for free with no credit card required. Uh, and when you're ready to buy it, because I know that you're going to love it, you can use the code HUNTDEER, all caps, for 20% off. That's HUNTDEER, all caps, for 20% off of any plan. Now let's jump into the show with Rudy Nunez and Rob Nally of Tacticam. All right, joining me for this episode of the How to Hunt Deer podcast is Rudy Nunez and Rob Nally from Tacticam. How's it going, guys? Hey, Josh, what's going on? Oh, not much. Good talking to you. Uh, well, guys, I, I wanted to have you on right now, especially for the How to Hunt Deer podcast, because, uh, you know, it's time to get those cameras out. A lot of guys mark July 4th weekend as kind of the weekend of getting them out, or that's kind of the start of when guys start to get them out. So I'm hoping, hoping that we can kind of walk away from this conversation, having picked up a few things to make us better at gathering intel on the critters that we love to chase and uh, understanding our, our cameras a little bit better. Because one of the things that I, that I know I experienced in my own life and have seen others struggle with as well is you go out and you buy trail cameras and you really don't get the most out of them, right? You, you buy these products, you spend a bunch of money, you spend a bunch of time and the intel that you get out of them is not quite what you, uh, not quite what you were hoping for, not quite what you thought your investment might bring you. So Hopefully we can get into some of that more tactical stuff, but let's start here. Why don't, uh, starting with Rob, why don't you guys just tell me a bit about who you are, uh, how long you've been with Tacticam and kind of what you do for the company. Sure. So I'm the key account manager here. Um, I was actually just moved up from our Eastern territory manager. Uh, I've been here for coming up on three years now. Uh, basically handle all of your mom and pro, uh, mom and pop, your local level stores moving into a, a little bit larger store account at this point, some, some more national size and chain accounts across the country. Um, started on the, the Tacticam team years back, wanted to, to film my own hunt, got involved with that, got to know the owners and a couple other people around here and 
uh, next thing I know, you know, had an opportunity to, to work here full time. And, you know, any, anybody that's a hunter or an, an outdoorsman, it's you know a dream come true to, to have an opportunity to, to work in the industry. So it was an easy decision for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of guys probably look at, at you two and say, you know, man, that's, that's kind of the dream job. Well, I, maybe folks look at Lee and Tiffany and say, that's the dream job. Uh, kind of, you know, kind of hunt for a living, but, uh, you know, a lot of folks look at folks, look at guys who get to work in the outdoor space and think, man, that would be, uh, that'd be awesome. So I always love to hear kind of how folks got involved. Rudy, what about you? My story is similar to Rob. In fact, our, we came up through the same way. We always, we have a joke inside the, in the, at the office that says, uh, Tacticam has a real good farm program because, uh, a lot of the hires that come out of, um, as of the last couple of years have been kind of from our team slash ambassador program. And really what it is is just people, people that have the same mentality, the same passion, the same drive, uh, kind of dedicate besides family, you know, all of their time to doing this, learning the trade. Cause you know, there, there's a ton to learn. So I came on as actually the brand manager for um, our Western line of products, the FTS and the spotter LR um, 5.0. And uh, recently, as of June 1, became the Western Territory Sales Manager. So really excited to kind of be doing what Rob's been doing. He and I have been working in lockstep for years now. He's a great guy to learn from and um, a wealth of knowledge, especially when it comes to reveal cellular cameras, which I ran a few uh, for elk. Maybe we'll touch on the Western side of how to apply them. But yeah, just just excited to be on this team. It's a, it's a very... It, it's an exciting culture to work for Tacticam just because we're not just hunting industry. We're outdoors. We are fishing. We are tactical shooting, competition, law enforcement, government. So um, a lot of different spaces that we touch and it, and it puts us into contact with a lot of dynamic people. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I love that. I've been, you know, one of the things that when I started using the 5.0 and the 5.0 wide, uh, I started taking them along with me when I'm fishing. I'm taking them along with me when I'm hiking with the kids and family because you always see cool stuff, you know, and so it's great to have these cameras that are uh, really versatile and you can kind of take them around no matter what it is that you're doing. Uh, lots and lots of uses for them. But, man, you guys live and, and hunt in two, two pretty different settings. So maybe we'll start with Rob on this one. Um, tell me a bit to kind of set some of the context. What is, what does your hunting look like? What's your style? What's the, the terrain, the species you're chasing, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I focus most of my time uh, in the mid Atlantic. I am on the East coast, live in Pennsylvania. Uh, spend most of my hunting time though in Delaware and Maryland, a uh, lot of vast terrain, uh, which makes it a lot of fun where I'm hunting. If I had, Three hours west, I'm in the, the more mountainous parts of Maryland. You know, uh, black bear up there. They have a lottery in Maryland for that. Uh, white-tailed deer as well. Most of my time is on the eastern shore and central part of Maryland, though. You know, just your basic rolling hills, uh, farm, you know, plots, corn, soybean with timber. Our eastern shore, lots of swamp area. Uh, you know, you can go in the woods at one point in the year and be up to your knees in water and come back later and it's completely dry. So it, it makes it very fun and very challenging and, you know, just brings into play how important things like these cell cameras actually are just because of those constant changes and, and challenges that we see, you know, on the same property throughout one season. Yeah, absolutely. We talked a little bit off air, man, you're running a lot of cameras for all those tiny deer that they have in Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, I guess I, I just, I guess I like seeing the deer regardless, but, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, definitely fun to, to watch them grow up and come up. And you know, that's, that is something I do myself. You know, I, I'm not against shooting whatever you want, but you know, I, I do enjoy watching a deer come up over the years and, you know, trying to get him in his prime. I, I find it as, you know, a challenge and, um, you know, something just to, to challenge myself with being, you know, fortunate with private property. Um, you know, definitely a different aspect than, you know, someone maybe hunting public land, but it's, uh, it's just, it's a way to, well, way to challenge myself really. Yeah, absolutely. I, I say that in jest just because man, Maryland's not one of those States that, uh, that you really think of as, as a place to, to kill some high quality animals, but, but you're putting some nice ones on the ground. It's definitely, uh, a sleeper state, I guess you could say, um, you know, it's, it's 
not somewhere where very many people outside the state, you know, travel to like your Iowa, your Illinois, your Ohio, but there's, there's a lot of great potential, great genetics. Um, and it, it's really, you know, a lot of prime, um, easy going property, lots of crops, lots of ways for deer to get nutrition and protein. And yeah, we, uh, we, we've been very fortunate over the years to, to harvest some, um, you know, some, some great deer. Yeah. And Rudy, your, your hunting couldn't be more different from somebody, uh, what I would consider kind of out East, right? So you're, you're out, out West. What does, uh, what does your hunting look like? I have an interesting background. I, I didn't start big game hunting as a child. Like, like most people do. I'm what they call an adult onset hunter. <clears throat> I was, uh, 29 years old before I killed my first big game animal. And in fact, I was stationed in North Carolina and, um, had some really good in Maryland and, uh, started hunting on the East coast, archery only tree stand ground blind for the first few years, um, up and down the East coast. So very familiar with that style of hunting. And I can tell you doing both Western hunting and Eastern hunting, I don't have a preference, man. I, I don't like to get in that back and forth about which one is better and who's the real hunter or not, just because each one presents its own challenge. And if you don't have the right tools and you don't, and, and you don't have the knowledge to track deer, especially in a place like you were talk, talking about Maryland, where there's a lot of animals there, but like you said, the quality, you have to get in there and, and there's not a lot of public land. And, um, you know, so tactics become very, very important, but yes, I'm, I'm out in Arizona. So a lot of, um, who's deer hunting, mule deer hunting, archery, rifle, um, mountain desert. I hunt Colorado, Utah, um, and hopefully before the end of the show, we get to talk about some of those out-of-state opportunities and how people can utilize not only Tacticam, but reveal as they try to scout and e-scout for out-of-state hunts. Yeah, absolutely. So let, let's shift gears there and, and talk a little bit about the reveal cell cameras. Man, when those things came out, like the very first reveals, they were hard to get a hold of, and it just caught fire. Like, were you guys expecting that? We knew, we knew we had a great camera. Um, that cell camera market was something relatively new for us. We were very familiar with cameras, uh, the technology to go into that. But as far as that cell camera market, we hit it at a time where um, there, were, there weren't very many affordable options that were also reliable. There's a fine line between affordability and reliability. And that's what we shot for. You know, you either get a cheap product. A lot of times it doesn't work great or you pay a fortune for something and, you know, to get the performance you expect. We shot for right in the middle of both a great value, but a great product that someone could rely and trust on. And, uh, you know, with, with that original gen one reveal, that's exactly what we got. So no, I don't think we expected it to take off like it did. It, it literally turned into, you know, a monster overnight. It was exciting to be a part of. I, uh, I didn't sleep for, it felt like months because the phone and email never stopped going off, but it was, it was extremely exciting to watch this go from literally nothing to, you know, July 1st of 2020, just, you know, turning into, uh, something pretty incredible. Yeah, I think that speaks volumes to the quality of the camera. I mean, you like you said, you guys aren't strangers to, to cameras in general, but that was kind of your first. Was that the very first time that you guys had produced any kind of trail camera? Yeah, yeah. So, we, uh, you know, we, we've all been avid users of trail cameras, the owners of the company, you know, huge hunters as well. And it really came from, you know, all of us, specifically the, the owners saying, you know, we think we can build something at a better cost that works better than, you know, what we've been using for years. That was, it was really, you know, a challenge for them think, saying, you know, we've got the technology and know-how we think we can make this happen and make people happy in the process. Yeah. And I, I think, interesting. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say interesting story is that's really how Tacticam came along too. Um, our founder, Ben Stern, um, I want to say he's a degree in, in, um, in photography and, um, big hunter, same thing. And he was using yesteryear's camera, whatever was on the market. You know, I'm, I'm sure they had GoPro and whatever the ions or whatever was, was available back then. And there was key features that he wanted to fix key features that he was looking for in a camera, ease of use, one touch operation, you know, last thing to think about once you turn that camera on is, is it recording? 
And um, so when it comes to Tacticam and Reveal, that was the genesis. And, and here we are. Like Rob said, we we were not expecting the response to the Reveal cell, you know, cell camera that, that, that we got at the time. And it was just, it was eye-opening. Eye yeah, for sure. And you know what? Like, you guys immediately started innovating as well. So, like, the Reveal came out, and then very next year, you've got new cameras coming out already. Like, it would have been real easy to be like, you know what? This Reveal thing's going pretty well. Let's just sit on that for a bit. But you guys... You guys didn't do that. You kept cranking out new features and, and lots of other cool stuff. And just to keep the excitement going, you know, we, we, we started with that camera. Um, it was an incredible camera for $99 at the time, but we also learned a lot with that launch. We had, you know, a lot of customers reaching out and that's one thing we, you know, we really do rely on a lot of companies, you know, will tend to ignore customer feedback. We, we pay attention to every bit of it, whether it's app related, wanting, you know, easier, interaction with the app, easier camera setup, camera features and things like that. We, we take that stuff seriously into consideration and we always want to, you know, give the customers what, what they're demanding essentially. So, you know, there's always going to be room for improvement of, you know, as great of a, a product as you have, there's always something that you learn over the next year that you can improve upon or just, you know, even, you know, like I said, app based, make you know something more user-friendly um, you know, features on the app and simple things that just people, people enjoy at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Before, before I was even affiliated with you guys, as far as partners of the show uh, or of the two shows that I do, actually, I, I, I noticed a trend. I was talking to a lot of guys who were killing really nice bucks in Wisconsin. And one of the, one of the, the features that, that kept popping up was, man, these guys are using the reveal cameras. I'm like, my goodness, I need to, I need to talk to these Tacticam and reveal folks. Cause Man, the, all these guys are just over the moon with, uh, with, with the performance of their cameras and couldn't be happier with them. So uh, I think that speaks volumes to, to what you guys have been doing. Um, let, let's shift gears just a little bit now. I, I want to talk about using these things out in the field. You know, it's summertime. Folks, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that, that 4th of July weekend for a lot of people is kind of the kickoff when they really start getting their cameras out in the field because that's when you're going to be able to identify specific bucks, picking up bucks from previous years. I'm curious how you guys are kind of using those cameras right now, especially with the the diversity of uh, of terrain that you're covering. So somebody on out east, somebody out west. What do uh, what do those summer sets look like for you? So for me right now, um, I am going to focus on number one water. There's not a ton of that available this time of year with it being so hot. It has been dry um, around Maryland for the most part. So I will will focus on water just because there are limited sources. So, you know, I know that deer tend to head that direction at some point. It also depends on uh, what crop is on our property that current year. So, the, you know, the deer this time of year are going to pattern differently when we've got beans versus corn. Luckily, we've got soybeans this year. So just knowing from years prior, you know, their, their tended roots and, and kind of where those bucks hang out as those beans start popping up and growing. Um, you know, and just really putting together the knowledge that I've, I've been able to capture from the last couple of years with all this remote scouting capability with the reveals and, um, you know, just focus on those couple key concepts. I do mock scrapes and licking branches as well. Uh, I, I, I have, you know, our scrape fix products. It's another company that, that we, uh, own and sell, uh, mock scrapes, licking branches, just to keep the deer's curiosity going. Uh, deer are not just hitting scrapes in October and November during the rut. They will absolutely hit them all year round. And this is a great time to focus on that and kind of introduce them, you know, to that area, that mock scrape set and really start patterning those bucks. It's uh it's it's something a lot of fun and you can't beat a, a giant velvet buck coming up to a, a licking branch in, you know, July when he's, you know, just just really packing on the inches and starting to look like something in a up close and personal picture. Yeah, I I was actually out this past weekend. Um I unfortunately had left several of my turkey blinds out. And I needed to go get them. Uh, it, it was time. And so, um, but while I was out, I was checking a couple of licking branches from some scrapes that I'd been hunting uh, this past fall. And they've been getting hammered here lately. Um, I mean, you could just tell there were tracks all around them. Now, the, the ground wasn't pawed up or anything like that, but they were definitely hammering these licking branches even right now. So uh, pretty effective summer summer strategy. Get, get some of those cameras in on those licking branches that you know that the deer uh, tend toward, you know, year round. But so Rudy, I'm I'm curious about you. So you're not you're not out east, man. You're out. You're hunting a whole different world. So what what are the what does summertime cell cams look like for you? 
couple key couple key things for your Western guys, you Western guys and gals to to make sure you pay attention to is the laws and regulations in your state when it comes to not only game cameras but cellular game cameras. So if you've been paying attention in Arizona, cellular game cameras were always unlawful for hunting and scouting, but recently they just changed the legislation completely to ban all trail cameras. So we had a chance to talk about that pre-show a little bit. Um, there's other states that kind of follow suit like Utah. I think Utah, once it becomes big game season, you got to pull all cameras out of there. Um, Montana, I think that's, it's a similar Nevada, similar. So basically what I like to do is we see a big market right now for ranching and security when it comes to reveal. That's how a lot of our Western, um, you know, client consumers or clientele are, are using those cameras just because real time photography you know, no, no flash, um, technology and stuff like that really, really helps for security purposes. But I like to use mine when I'm preparing for out of state hunting elk. So I hunt over the counter in Utah and in Colorado and during summertime, um, what I like to do is I set up my reveals, I put them in a box, I ship them to my friend in Utah or Colorado and they set them on public land for me, you know, nice, of course sticking to all the laws and regulations and stuff. And I can tell you that I've got some incredible pictures um, and, you know, set them up on a wallow, set them up on nice corridors, uh, you know, traversing between food, shelter, and um, almost the same principles as, as whitetail. But, you know, it, it really is a game changer when you rely on out-of-state hunting, e-scouting, and maximizing your time preparing for those hunts because more so than money and finances, I think time is valuable. Yep. And, and for all your, for all your listeners who either do out of state whitetail and or out of state big game, like elk or maybe not so much mule deer, but it can be a force multiplier for you. Yeah, for sure. And it's important. Like you said, man, having a good friend that you can ship some cameras to. So I'm i uh, I'm going <laughs> to be hunting. What's that? I said I was lucky in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm going to be hunting uh, Wisconsin, Alabama, South Carolina, and Georgia this year kind of spread throughout the season. So I'm going to be relying on some guys pretty, pretty heavily to help me get some cameras out into the field so that, uh, so that I'm not showing up blind. Right. Like that's, that's kind of my biggest concern. This will be the the first year that I've hunted that many States in one year and, and possibly a couple of others, depending on how things go for the rut. But uh, yeah, being able to have a little bit of intel before I hit the ground is going to be extremely, extremely valuable and being able to monitor it. Right. Like I don't want to show up, uh, September 15th in Georgia. And all of a sudden, uh Oh, I need, uh, I need to go check all of these cameras. Like it's going to be nice to have, you know, camera uh, pictures coming straight to my phone instead of, uh, having to check them when I get there. So, uh, Rob, I'm, I'm, I'm curious real quick as summer transitions into fall, like what, how are your sets going to change? So you're keying in a lot on water and crops right now. Like what's that going to look like for you as you get closer to, uh, to the opener? So it's not going to change a ton for me initially, only because uh, Maryland tends to come in anywhere from the, the 10th of September to the 15th, the last couple of years. So it's still generally, you know, pretty warm or, or uh, beans are still, you know, nice and green at that point. It's still, you know, you know, those water sources are key unless we've had, you know, a lot of rain over that summer. So it's not going to change a ton for me initially until we really get closer to like that October time frame. the bucks really start splitting up, you know, kind of getting away from one another, um, changing their patterns. Crop starts coming down at some point over that, that time frame later, you know, later in the fall. Um, so early season for me, I, I kind of stick to my roots, stick to those key things, especially those crops. And then, uh, you know, come, I want to say mid October is when it really swings for me. They really start hammering the scrapes more. They start running the rub lines. You know, that's a huge thing I focus on October and November. We've got, um, you know, some incredible rub lines that travel just you know, for hundreds of yards through these woods and it's areas I've set up in years past, but I can also get these reveal cameras in there a little bit ahead of time and just kind of sit on the back burner and watch them and know when those bucks change their roots. So that's the best part about these cameras is, I kind of get them out, I get them ready. And, you know, I know when it's time for me to make that shift from one stand or, you know, one set to another without ever having to step foot in there. So when the buck starts showing up and rolling, I, uh, I get in a different stand and, and I sit there and, and wait for them. 
Yeah, man, that that's huge. One of the one of the things I've been keying in on more over the last two or three years is that historical data. Um, and and one thing I've learned is that there are a couple of areas that are you know primary scrape areas and that kind of thing that man they just turn on for about four or five days, and then after that those scrapes are left alone and they're not there again. So being able to figure out, hey, it's day one, you need to get in there and hunt, man. That timely information is uh, is absolutely indispensable for success. I think. One hundred percent. It's definitely something you learn over the years. You know, these trail cameras are great for real time knowledge, but um, you know, we built our app to kind of benefit you over time. I'm I'm a little bit OCD myself with the organization thing. No matter whether it's work or you know whatever it may be. Um, we've got the galleries in the reveal app. I, I, you know, track every buck with its own specific gallery, every property I break down by, and I can kind of go back in there, like coming into this season and go, okay, when, you know, when did these spots historically turn on and start looking at those pictures and go, okay, right here around the second week of October is when this spot lit up. So I know when I get close to that, I can start paying attention, you know, and just kind of get myself ready. So, you know, that's another cool thing about these cameras is that organization feature and literally go back for as long as you've had our cameras and look at your saved images from bucks years past and kind of give yourself an idea of what's to come. The How to Hunt Deer podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best action cameras on the market for the hunter and angler. They're on the cutting edge making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. They also just launched the Reveal X Gen 2 cell camera that provides top-notch photo and video quality at a price point that's in reach for the everyday outdoorsman. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried filming your hunting and fishing excursions, you know how frustrating it can be to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of accessories. This fall, I'll be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with the 5.0 camera, and their bendy clamp paired with the 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and to check out their full line of products, head over to their website, www.tacticam.com and share your hunt with Tacticam. This episode is also brought to you by Deer Lab, the number one trail camera management app for hunters and land managers. Deer Lab gives you a simple way to store, organize, and analyze all of your trail camera data. Deer Lab has tons of great features like the ability to filter photos based on what's in them, like deer or turkeys or people. It syncs your photos with local weather to help you pattern your target. You can even mass edit your timestamps, which is a great feature if you're like me, and occasionally you forget to set the right time and date on the camera before you set it out. Head over to www.deerlab.com to check them out. Use the code HUNTDEER, all caps, at checkout for 20% off of any plan. Now let's get back to the show. I've got a question now for for both of you, and uh, this is something that I'm still trying to figure out for myself depending on the kind of set that you've got, like whether it's over a waterhole or a scrape or a food source or a, a pinch point or something like that, how are you setting your cameras up differently as far as where you're putting them on the tree, what kind of position you're trying to get them in and what settings are you using? Um, I put out a camera back in Turkey season and um, was, was trying to get some real time Intel where these birds are flying down, you know, try to catch them as soon as they hit the ground kind of thing. And I ended up with like, almost 5,000 images from, from one camera. I'm like, oh, I got the settings wrong on this one. And they were just repeats. So tell me a little bit about your setup and kind of the settings that you're honing in on. So I'm a, I'm a video guy myself. Okay. Um, I believe I believe that from that video aspect, you, you get a lot more knowledge than you would from, you know, one picture, a burst of pictures. Some guys, you know, some guys like the three picture burst, but you're still looking at three pictures in just a couple of seconds versus a, you know, 15 to 30 second video where you can really hone in on what's going on with that deer, right? So he comes into the frame, you think he's heading down one trail, you watch that video back, he might take a completely different direction. So almost every one of my cameras is going to be on a video mode. Um, you know, because of that, I run solar panels on all of my cameras just for that added peace of mind that I don't have to step foot in there. So we have an external solar panel for our reveals. And, the, you know, the price point that they are at fifty nine ninety nine literally in two battery changes, they pay for themselves. And it's just one more aspect to keep you out of those woods until it's time to go in there and, you know, get a crack at that deer. So all my cameras are on video. They're all, they've all got solar panels. 
and I just like as much information as possible, you know, from, from that setting. So that's, that's really it. Video, solar panel and, and let it ride. How, what kind of battery life are you getting with those solar panels? So every camera that I've had a solar panel on, um, I've never changed a set of batteries out. So with that solar panel, it actually recharges itself. It has its own internal battery. So any, ca- uh, any batteries in the camera at that point just become a backup source. So you don't even actually need batteries in the camera with our solar panel. I still put just basic alkalines in there, you know, cheaper batteries, just in case something were to happen to the camera, you know, a, a, a squirrel or a raccoon or something choose the wire, pulls it out of the camera, something crazy happens. But, you know, I've had cameras that have been sitting there since last October and November that I still haven't touched that have been running nonstop to this day. Man, that's huge. If you're, if you're like me and you're running lithium batteries in these cameras, man, that gets expensive in a hurry. It's like you said, that 59 bucks, man, that's, uh, that's almost nothing. And the problem is half the time now with the way, you know, batteries are in shortages, half the batteries you got out of the, the lithium packs, you know, even from bigger name companies are junk. You know, they're bad, brand new out of the pack. You're paying 20 couple bucks for, you know, a small number of batteries and you're, you're taking a gamble if they're going to be worthwhile or not. Yep. For sure. For sure. So, all right. Tell are right, how are you hanging these cameras to avoid detection? That's, that's something I've been toying with over the last couple of years. It seems like there's some spots where, man, I can hang it waist high the deer never even look at it, but there's some spots. If that, if that camera is not 10 feet off the ground, it's getting picked out. So I, myself, this is, this is definitely an argument that can go either way. Um, not only, you know, the camera, the, the height you hang it, but the flash feature on it. Um, you know, that's why we've got the cameras with the blackout flash. You got cameras with low glow that, you know, do have a slight red glow and they go off at night. Me, myself, I am more concerned with getting that quality picture and making sure that camera gets triggered. I hang all my cameras waist tight. I'm not the guy that goes up in the tree and aims down. Um, you know, or when you hang that camera waist tight level, you know, you're getting the best opportunity for that trigger to be tripped and that sensor to pick up movement and, and ensure that you get that video where when you hang it up higher and aim that camera down, you have a much, a much narrower window window as far as you know that sensor picking up some kind of movement so with my cameras i treat it a lot like tree stands you don't want to go in and put your tree stand up a day before the season right you want to put it in over the summer this is my mentality of course let them get used to it let them get comfortable i don't think it's the fact that the camera's there or the camera's going off or something's flashing what i've seen you know for for running trail cameras most of you know the time i've been hunting I think they just know something's changed in their area, right? So you come into your house, you, you see, you know, you know, somebody's moved something, you know, something's missing. I think that's what it is more so. They smell you, they just feel a presence, but over time they get used to it. I've never, you know, had a big buck that's shown up on camera and look, you know, a lot of them will look at a camera, absolutely. But I think it's just more so the fact that there's a new camera there and not that it flashed or went off at night or anything like that. I think they just know something's up. They just need time to get used to it. Yeah. And I think too, uh, that other piece of, you know, going in there, if if you don't have a cell camera, you're going in there handling it every couple of weeks, right? Like you're leaving your scent. And uh, I've had a lot of deer come in, you know, right after you set it up and they come in their their faces right up in the camera, you know, they're smelling it. They're checking out what's going on. And man, I've seen them do it four, five, six days after the camera's there. It's like, they're still smelling me. Like they still know that I'm there. So to, to hook up a reveal, leave that thing in there with a, with a solar panel, um, not have to go back, let them get used to it. Let your smell dissipate. Uh, I think is a huge advantage for guys running cameras. Rudy, were you going to say something on that point? Yeah, just, just, a, I guess the alternative to setting it at, you know, waste level is, uh, on public land and in high traffic areas with other hunters and people. When you, there is a utility to setting up a little higher, uh, to, to avoid detection by people because theft was a big deal out here in Arizona back when they were legal. Um, so if you're not hunting private property, that is something to consider changing the angles just to avoid detection by other hunters or other people. Yeah. Any, any tips on that point? So, you know, hanging cameras over the last couple of years, specifically on public land, I I do most of my hunting on public land. Uh, so I I tend to hang mine kind of high, but, but like Rob was saying, I, I also tend to really narrow down that window of, uh, you know, what's going to trigger the camera and what's not. So any tips as far as when I'm setting it up to, to help me, you know, maintain 
as much uh, detection as possible, but also be able to get it off the ground? So the best part about all of our current cameras, everything from the X to the XB, SK, X Gen 2, they have a Wi-Fi feature built into them, which enables you to, while you're setting that camera up, hook your phone to it and actually view a live time video of setting that camera up. So generally, when you are hanging that camera higher, you have a specific crossing point or a pinpoint or something where you have a fair idea as to where those deer are going to cross most of the time. So, you know, you can get that camera hung up and you can actually watch yourself walk around in front of it and make sure that that center line indicator is on that primary target, that primary spot, that, you know, trailhead, the crossing where you think they're going to come. So you make sure you use that Wi-Fi, you know, f- feature to your advantage and make sure that it is hitting that exact spot where you're anticipating that animal to be. Yeah. So what, what you just told me basically is that I get lazy when I'm out there. And I don't go through everything that I need to do to, to make sure it's set up right. <laughs> it's super simple. When you put that camera into setup mode, um, you, you literally jump on the app, link that camera to it. And within you know 20 to 30 seconds, you're watching yourself literally live time and can aim that camera to a T where you want it to be. So it's, you know, it's, it's too simple not to, and once you, it's one of those things where once you do it once, it's like, okay, I should have learned this a long time ago because it's too simple not to. Right. Yeah, that's good. Tip number one from Rob Nally, don't be lazy when you're setting up your trail cameras. <laughs> Got it. All right. I'll mark that one down. So you just mentioned a bunch of different cameras that you guys offer. Walk me through some of the differences. Like as I'm looking at the year ahead and I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm ready to purchase some new cameras. What are the differences between uh, all of the different reveals that are out now? So we have two, two active newer models, I guess you could say. Our newest is the Reveal X Gen 2.0. It's our camera. It retails at $119. It's an upgrade over last year's X with some additional features. So the the new camera can now send videos to your app as well as the pictures, of course, and it's dual carrier. So none of the cameras we've currently got or moving forward, you have to decide Verizon or AT&T when you're purchasing. All of them will have the capability to run on either or you get both SIM cards. You can switch at any time, find the best service, so that's something, you know, number one, to make the decision easier on the customer and two, give you that flexibility in case you've got two properties where, you know, one service might be better than the next and vice versa when you switch. So that's our newest camera that released June 1st. Uh, you'll also see our XB out. We released that camera back at the end of 2021. Um, that's a blackout camera, meaning, you know, no flash when it goes off at night, completely blacked out uh, flash. Uh, that one has a GPS feature on it. So every time that camera checks into your app, you can actually see its exact location on the map. Kind of a nice feature when you get like myself where you're running entirely too many cameras and have a tendency, a tendency to forget where you put half of them. You can literally jump on the map and say, okay, there it is. That's where I put it. So, you know, super cool feature. It's dual carrier as well. It'll send picture and video as well. So, you know, the XB and X Gen 2, um, you know, those are really the, the two current models that we've got uh, out out there in the market right now. There, there's one thing that I feel like I need to correct you on. You said run, I run way too many cameras. I don't, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> it's not. I, I don't, it becomes I don't think an addiction. Do. It really does. <laughs> it really does. There are two things in this world that I can't get enough of. Uh, one is ratchet straps for some reason. I don't know why. And the other, uh, the other cell cameras. So, uh, so I'm curious uh, before we leave kind of the, the tactic piece behind what's you know i obviously was making a pretty big mistake when i'm hanging these cameras higher in the tree of not really utilizing all the features that are available to me what's some other big mistakes that you two see guys making when they're using these cameras so the most common things that we see people having trouble with is generally unfortunately as much as i hate to say it self-induced stuff um, not paying attention to, you know, the, the packaging, like, you know, we put the, the manual in there. I know none of us like to read it, especially as guys, but there are some important things in there to make sure you're getting the most out of these cameras. Number one is the correct SD card. So going to Walmart, going on Amazon, buying the cheapest card you can find is not the right idea with this camera. Saving five bucks on an SD card can absolutely affect you know, your, your reliability and the number of pictures you get, the, the speed at which these cameras operate, take a card that can handle that speed. So, you know, a class 10 
U3, 32 gigabyte SD card is what you need. We actually, you know, had so much trouble with shoddy cards out on the market. We built our own, they're 20 bucks and there's no question that that's the correct card. You know, so the card's going to matter. The angle you hang the cameras are going to matter. Um, you know, the, the batteries and all that good stuff, that's going to matter over time. Um, you know, Rudy, any, anything you can think of, those are probably the, some of the biggest ones that you know, I've seen floating around. No pain points are most, most of the time user induced. Um, one thing we did learn with, uh, in, introducing these cameras is just the volume of calls that we get in, into our customer service. So I just wanted to make a note that we have a couple Facebook pages that we have some real time technicians that monitor. If there's any questions or pain points or anything that, that people have, they can go onto these websites post their questions. Typically somebody's going to get back with you right away. It's just a commitment that we have to the end user that, Hey, thank you for buying our product. We're very proud of it. And we, we stand by it. Yeah. And that, that's huge. That's something that does not come with a $40 camera. You know what I mean? Like the ability to, to reach out to somebody, to call somebody on the phone, to shoot a message to somebody and get a real person that's going to help you with your problem. I think that's uh, you know, an area that you guys excel, but not necessarily one that I've even heard a lot of people uh, actually even need to use because uh, they're pretty intuitive, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something that we, we put you know, a lot of time and effort into um, just knowing how important that user experience was. You know, we, we are very fortunate to, you know, build a great product that doesn't have a ton of issues. But when you start talking about hundreds of thousands of these cameras out there floating around the market, something's going to happen at some point. So, you know, we, we want to put as many people in as many easily accessible places as possible. Like Rudy said, we've got you know, our reveal cell camera user group. We have people active on there nonstop. I mean, the guys and, and girls were on there, you know, all day yesterday on the 4th of July, helping people, you know, within, within a couple hours, if that, you know, on a, on a holiday, just because we, you know, we pride ourselves so much in taking care of all of our customers. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let, let's switch gears just a little bit here. Uh, I, I, before we close out, I do want to highlight two other or a couple of other products that you guys make. Uh, you don't just do cell cameras, right? You have a few other no, things. We got a, we got a couple other exciting things that, <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that can, can add to your experience in the outdoors, I guess you could say. Yeah. So I, I use the 5.0 and the 5.0 wide for, uh, for Turkey season this year. And man, it was an absolute blast. Like it was so cool getting barrel footage. It was so cool getting some of those over the camera or over the shoulder angles and that kind of stuff. So walk me through a little bit of uh, some of the other stuff you offer. Rudy, you want to take this one? Yeah, I mean, that that's just part of the Tacticam system. Um, the game cameras, you know, that starts you off preseason. Um, our POV line is really exciting. Our 5.0 camera is the flagship camera right now, and I don't want to get too into technical details, but really it's um, – camera equipment built for hunters by hunters. What that means is going to be easy. It attaches easily, but with mounting solutions that we've developed um, that are really ergonomic and work with your shooting platform, whether it be shotgun, AR-15, long range rifle scope, archery, crossbow, we can attach to it all. Um, so it really gives the end user that, that be all seasons of coverage, right? You think Tacticam, you think hunting, fishing, you think preseason, you think big game. Like you said, you, you run a couple now, right? Yep, and absolutely. when you have, yeah, when you have a remote control that can fire up up to five cameras at one time, it really makes adding that extra level, that extra layer to your hunt and, and capturing those memories a whole lot easier than we used to do it. I'll say 10 years ago when I first started, cause I used to have a handy cam. Oh and, yeah. Uh, that was that predated cell phones and, and it just really isn't easy. So the last thing a hunter wants to do, especially in the moment of truth with, you know, every animal's a trophy, but when it comes to that trophy hunting, capturing that memory is the last thing you want to do is worry about that camera gear. Yep. And and this takes the guesswork out of it. Yep. For sure. And I, I love the, I love the remote, man. I, I looked at it when I first pulled it out of the package and I'm like, man, this is like a tiny little thing with one button. You know, I was at first I was like, how is this going to work? But then I got it all synced up, and, man, you just click the button, and it all comes on, and it all performs flawlessly. Didn't have a single issue with it all turkey season long. So uh, looking forward to using that again this year. I also like the – there's one feature on there. I was, I was wondering, how am I going to know that these are all turned on? But it's got a little buzz. 
Now it's not audible necessarily or anything like that, but you click that that button and it gives you just a little buzz on your weapon, you know, to let you know, like, yeah, it's going. You know, it's just a little bit of reassurance out there um, before it gets it gets cranking. So, Rudy, tell me a little bit about the, uh, some of the stuff you have for Western guys as well. So it's not just the the 5.0 and the 5.0 wide. You've got some really cool stuff for for the Western folks. Yeah, I mean, Tacticam was born and bra- born and raised in uh, Minnesota. So it was like I said before, it was ground blind and tree stand hunting. And what we really wanted to do was expand our line so we can kind of capture some of that Midwest and Western market. Um, so a few years ago, we developed the fil- the film through scope system, the FTS. And what that does is allow you to take that same 5.0 and attach it to your rifle scope. So now you can film what you're seeing through the scope and record it, share it. Um, as far as you can see and shoot is as far as you can record. And then more recently, um, it's about two, oh, about two years old now is our spotter LR. And that's our, that's our long range offering that allows you to, um, attach a 4k camera right to your spotting scope. And in some cases, some binocular eyepieces, but it's primarily designed for spotting scope. Fits on almost every model out there. Um, 4k resolution, easy to use, patches, uh, nice and square to that eyepiece. So the last thing you want to be doing out there when you are trying to film game, whether it be in a bean field or a cutover or open mountain range is uh, we ask our phones to do a lot of things, map apps, ballistic apps, lifeline tools, battery is always an issue. Memory is always an issue. So when you have a dedicated unit that has a long battery life that Tacticam is known for, as long as, as, as well as pairing it with a lot of memory from the SD card, man, it really enhances your experience and you take some really cool footage home. Yeah, for sure. And you can also, one thing we, we didn't mention, you can also uh, use your phone to kind of see exactly where that camera's aimed. Now, using that during turkey season was huge. You know, I'm setting up, it's dark outside, I'm trying to get a camera out there in the decoys or something like that. You can pull it up right there on your phone, just like I should have been doing with my cell camera. Uh, and and uh, you can see exactly where it's pointed, you know, and, and make sure you're going to get the shot Um you know, you don't have to worry about it in the moment of truth when uh, when things start coming together. So, well, guys, I, w- I want to wrap this conversation up with with one big question. And uh, maybe, Rob, you can kind of speak to this a bit because I, I think I saw something on Instagram related to this. Um, give me a success story of when your reveal camera played a part in that success. I can do that. Um, last year had had multiple encounters as far as the reveals go. Um, the, the big one for me, I uh, had a number one target buck last season in, in one of my Maryland properties, a buck that I had watched come up over the last couple of seasons. Uh, he got to that point last year where, you know, he was, he was old enough for me and, uh, you know, mature enough in my eyes and, and I wanted to go after him. So watched him all summer, you know, throughout this time of year in the September, super active. And all of a sudden that deer disappeared out of where he was living. So, you know, I went in October kind of repositioned these cameras and, uh, you know, of course left a, left a couple in his home range as well. But just knowing that at some point throughout the year, he was going to come back, uh, you know, for whatever reason, every year, right around that rut time, he, he just tended to leave. He summered on our property, but he'd tend to leave, uh, you know, during that rut for, for whatever reason or another. So kept an eye on him, um, didn't see him all throughout October. And then uh, all of a sudden in November, there he was back on camera. Rut started winding down. He came back to the food. You know, he had worn himself out. He came back to his home range. And that's when I knew, you know, it was time to, to get back in there after him. I left that area alone specifically to, you know, wait for that deer to come back. I didn't want to pressure it. We had some other deer in the area. None I wanted to get, you know, quite as, quite as bad as that deer. We, we called him the tall 10. Um, so he, he had shown back up our week before gun season. And, you know, my, my plan for going into gun season completely changed, complete different side of the farm, you know, hundreds, hundreds of yards from, you know, where I planned on hunting. And sure enough, that very first evening, he was right there. You know, I knew he was there evenings prior because that reveal camera and, and opening day of gun season, uh, was able to get a crack and, and he piled up. So just something, you know, if it weren't for that reveal, I'd have never hunted that spot. I'd have never bothered it. And, you know, that deer was, was smart because the times I got in there early season after him, I think he knew I was there. 
whether it been center or pressure or whatever. And, you know, he kind of vacated the area. So I knew to, knew to leave it alone until the time was right. And, uh, and fortunately I, I was able to piece it together and, and, and get the number one deer for, for that season down. So, you know, it, like I said, without them cameras and, and that ability to stay away, it probably would have never happened. Man, it, you know, it's that ability to stay away that I, I think is an underrated piece when it comes to talking cell cameras, right? Like the ability to keep my butt out of this area until the time is right. You know, with, without, without real-time data, without something coming, you know, I'm going to be in there checking the camera or I'm going to be in there trying to throw some hunts at it, just see what happens. And that, that deer may never come back, right? He gets in there and he detects that you've been all over the place. He, uh, he may swing back through and think, nah, not yet. This isn't time. Most big deer don't get picked for no reason. You know what I mean? That's, right. uh, that's, that's, that's normally how it works. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely exciting and, and just, uh, you know, adds, adds that, that toolbox of, of things to, to make yourself successful. Absolutely. Well, guys, any, uh, any parting thoughts as we, as we wind down this episode? No, don't yep. think so. Appreciate you having us on and, you know, always, always love talking strategy and the products. If, if anyone ever has any questions, you know, I know all of us here are more than happy to, to answer questions, help them out, recommendations on cameras. Like I said, check out those, uh, those groups on Facebook and, and insane amount of knowledge on there and, and people, you know, extremely helpful other users and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, don't be afraid to reach out because, you know, we're, we're always looking to, to add more people to the, the Tacticam family over here. Right on Rudy. Yep. And final thought for me is just for you Western hunters, just make sure you double check those regs and make sure that, you know, game cameras and cellular game cameras are lawful in your area. But man, whether you're using them for hunting security, um, ranching or just enjoying, you know, wildlife with your family. I mean, these things are a lot of fun. They're user friendly and, they, they really do bring joy uh, to my daughters and I uh, getting some of that stuff on footage. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I do have to say one more thing. That security piece, uh, I think it was you guys posted on Instagram a while back, uh, a delivery driver tossing a box up over the gate. And uh, they were able to make a claim off of that, huh? That was a legit, that was a legit video it was not staged um yeah just these cameras are are extremely fun but they're just as much of a tool as they are fun you know don't i don't turn my cameras off at any point if they're not in the woods they're watching my house they're watching my property you know places where you don't have wi-fi you don't have service you don't have electricity to plug you know a ring whatever doorbell into it doesn't matter where you put these cameras they're going to run and they're going to send you pictures. So it's nice having that off grid capability. So yeah, just don't think of it as just a trail camera. It's, it's, it's got a ton of security aspects as well. Absolutely. Well guys, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show and uh, Hey, maybe we'll have you on again sometime this fall, whenever uh, you started putting some animals on the ground. Appreciate it guys. Looking look forward to it. Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope you walk away with a few new tactics as you think through summer and fall trail camera strategy. And uh, hey, big thanks to our partners as well, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Deer Lab. Go check them out. You can find more outdoor-themed content on thesportsmansempire.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, go check out the other show that I host, the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast. It's based in Wisconsin, but the content is relevant no matter where you call home.